I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. The pandemic has changed our lives in so many ways, and one of the significant shifts has been the rise of remote work. But now, as the effects of COVID nineteen wane and companies insist on employees returning to the office. We're seeing some unintended consequences. According to data from recruiters and exit interview firms, the attrition of women in India's tech industry has doubled compared to that of men. Yep, you heard that right. Female employee attrition in recent months has soared as high as 30 to 40 percent, while the standard attrition level in the tech sector is usually around 15 percent. I mean, that's quite the leap, isn't it? And who are the ones feeling the impact the most? It's the women in mid-career roles aged between 30 and 40. They tend to carry a disproportionate share of childcare and domestic responsibilities, making it even more challenging to balance work and life. Companies like TCS, India's largest software firm, are witnessing a high number of female employees deciding not to return to the office. It's quite unusual for TCS, as historically, female attrition has either been lower or similar to their male counterparts so what could be causing this trend well in tcs's annual report chro milind lakkad suggests that working from home during the pandemic might have reset domestic arrangements for some women making it harder for them to transition back to the office now let's dive into the numbers india's female labor force participation stands at 24% much lower than china's 61% according to world bank data this is a concern for the country's economic growth given that women comprise about half of the citizens within tcs women make up around 36% of the employees and the company is actively working to increase their representation including in leadership roles so what are these women looking for well it seems that many of them are still seeking flexible work options They're switching to roles closer to home, or even exploring gig and freelance jobs that offer more flexibility. The data clearly suggests that work flexibility has been a driving factor in this churn. It's clear that mandates to return to the office are not conducive to employees' retention programs, and this is leading to higher churn across all employee segments. For the next few minutes you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I am Farheen Khan and before we move on to the main segment, our very own Rajni Kamath, co-founder of the Signal and Roshni Nair, the executive editor, have some exciting news for you. Hey there, I'm Roshni and i am rajneel we are just going to take 30 seconds of your time to tell you about a brand new podcast tectonic shift think all things tech that's what this weekly podcast is going to be about and it's not just about tech but the way tech is going to change our foreseeable future i for one am really excited rajneel how about you super excited and i hope that all our listeners are too tectonic shift launches this saturday Stay tuned to the signal and follow us on social media for more details. 
And here's the deep dive for 16th June 2023. No matter the geopolitical conflicts, corporate America can't resist China. What am I talking about? Well, if you've noticed, lately top CEOs have been flocking to China. The latest to join the party is Bill Gates. Bill Gates, the co-founder of Microsoft, is reportedly planning to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping today. However, the agenda behind this meeting is still unclear. And Gates isn't the only one. The last few weeks have been quite eventful for China with United States biggest CEOs making a beeline to Beijing. The list includes people from the likes of Elon Musk of Tesla, Lakshman Narasimhan of Starbucks, and Jamie Dimon of JP Morgan. These important cameos follow a succession of visits which happened in the last couple of months including Apple, Samsung, Volkswagen and more. In addition, China has been extending invitations to international CEOs such as François-Henri Pinault, a prominent figure in the luxury goods industry who made a visit earlier this year, and Bernard Arnault, who has plans for a trip to China later this month. And this of course is good news for China. because it has opened up its borders after a long 3 year sabbatical filled with several restrictions that started with covid the chinese economy is still struggling to regain its momentum the government has been holding emergency meetings with businesses to find a way to revive growth it has worked out stimulus packages for hard hit sectors such as real estate while the central bank has cut short term interest rates so why did these ceo bother visiting china It all comes down to preparing the ground for future opportunities. During their visits, these high-profile executives made it clear that their companies are fully committed to staying in the Chinese market for the long haul. Take Volkswagen Group as an example. They made a big splash at the Shanghai Auto Show by announcing a massive investment of 10 billion euros or 10.95 billion dollars to create a new company in Hefei, located in the eastern province of Anhui. The aim to accelerate research, development and innovation in the exciting field of intelligent and connected electric vehicles. Or let's consider the case of Tim Cook from Apple. Reportedly, during a talk in Beijing in March, he made it clear that China holds immense importance for him, stating, "Being in China means everything to me." Cook even emphasized the close and interdependent bond that his company shares with the country. But Why are these CEOs placing their bets on China? Here's why. For a multitude of American multinational companies, China serves as either the largest or second largest market. This includes not only brands such as Apple and Tesla, but also General Motors, Starbucks, McDonald's and Nike. Plus, China's growth prospects are more promising compared to the United States. But China is more than just a promising market, and to dive deeper into this topic, We have Dinesh Narayanan, co-founder and editor of The Signal, joining us today. Dinesh here will give us a 5-minute analysis on why China is so important to corporate America. Over to you, Dinesh. There are three important factors that determine Wall Street's engagement with China. One, of course, is the US government's strategic interests. Beyond a certain point, US businesses cannot override them. at the moment the us government is focused on blunting china's high tech industries and companies that might have a strategic role to play 
So the chip companies, the surveillance companies, the camera makers, all of them are sort of out of favor. And uh, um, the U.S. insists that American money or capital is not used for furthering China's uh, strategic interests. So um, those areas are ruled out. Um, but if the current sparring between the two superpowers sort of intensifies into something more, the U.S. could clamp down on other businesses as well. Wall Street doesn't want that to happen. The beeline of U.S. executives and business persons to China, it indicates that they want it to remain open to business and will try their best to soothe nerves in both administrations. Ultimately, businessmen have uh, um, access to the highest echelons of the governments, whether it is China or the U.S., Number two, China is both a huge market as well as a cost-effective manufacturing hub. No other country in the world comes even close to China's manufacturing capabilities and the ecosystem of small and medium companies that it has. I mean, they are able to handle um, high-tech tasks with ease and they have the, um, the ability to do it with... Uh, to the satisfaction of uh, the quality satisfaction of uh, uh, companies like Apple, Tesla, etc. Several Chinese conglomerates such as you know Alibaba, Tencent, ByteDance, uh, they have all become they've all grown to global scale, and that's mainly on the strength of the domestic market itself. That market is, um, it's also very attractive to many foreign companies such as um, Tesla, Apple, um, Louis Vuitton. Um, because there are a lot of uh, wealth in China and so the luxury market is booming there. Uh, number three, while the companies that use China as a manufacturing hub, they themselves are looking to diversify their supply chains to other countries, such as like Apple coming to India or Vietnam. Um, but those who are looking at the market itself, the Chinese market itself, the Chinese consumer, whose target um, is the Chinese consumer, they are looking to find a way in. And if they're already there, if they already have a base there, then they are maneuvering to stay in and um, compete with local firms, you know, uh, get market share. Um, and they, they wouldn't mind whatever the terms the government, um, Chinese government may set. They would, they would be quite willing to operate within as long as they're able to uh, get a share of the market. Um, now, uh, President uh, Xi Jinping has already said, uh, actually multiple times, that his aim is to build a very strong domestic market. Of course, he has his strategic reasons to do that as well. But um, bottom line is that uh, China is in has is purposefully building a very strong uh, domestic market, and that and the policies are also designed in such a way to achieve that goal, um, increase uh, incomes and uh, purchasing power of consumers, which is what uh, a robust domestic market requires. Now, all of this requires finance, and finance naturally follows uh, economic activity, and wherever the buzz is, money goes there. And so the big venture funds, the private equity funds, the banks and deal makers, such as you know, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, 
um, they all want to make money, right? You know, financing all this activity. And naturally, that's why Jamie Dimon is in, went to China. The Morgan Stanley had a major conference. These conferences had like, you know, executives in the thousands attending them from all over the world and many of them from the US and Europe. So that's the reason why uh, even Bill Gates is there, I suppose. And before we sign off for the week, here's our third segment, One Last Thing, where we bring you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. The beehives in Sweden are buzzing with Beyonce fever. So much so that her presence has upped the entire country's inflation rates. It's true. After many years, Beyonce's Renaissance tour kicked off with its first two shows based in Sweden. And since it's Queen Bee after all, everyone and their dogs wanted to go. The massive crowds drove up the prices of hotels, restaurants and Airbnbs. In fact, the Swedish capital attracted 46,000 attendees, some of whom had to stay well outside the city due to the high prices. Overall, Beyoncé is estimated to have caused 0.2 percentage points of the total price rise. What's more is that Americans found the weak Swedish krona very convenient and were able to buy the tickets for an absolute steal at $60 to $140. Though the Beyoncé frenzy will die down soon, Sweden is now mentally preparing itself for the next big thing. Bruce Springsteen for three nights. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast, so feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Akshaya, Charmika and Manaswini. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.